Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Commander Clash podcast, episode 105, where we talk all things Commander. And this week, we're doing underrated blue cards under $1. So great cards to include in your decks for only under a dollar. So I'm your host, Richard, and joined with me today is Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive. How are you doing? Ha, I'm doing well. I love budget cards. I don't know about blue cards, but uh, I'm excited to talk some budget. Phil Brewer's Kitchen, how are you doing? Uh, hey, hey, I even love blue cards, and I love budget, but man, do I love playing blue cards. <laughs> and uh, the person who hates blue the most, Krim, the Asian Avenger, well, how do you feel about talking about blue cards today? I just want to get it over with so we can get to green. You know, I just want to beeline right to green, my favorite. All right, before we get into the cards, today's show is brought to you by Card Conduit, the easiest way to sell your magic cards. Card Conduit lets you skip all the typing, time, and work associated with buy listing. Their curated service lets you send in as many cards as you want with buy list value of $1 or more, and you pay just a 5% service fee. You can use their sorted service where you list and sort your cards and pay only 2%. You get a detailed report and fast payment once your order is processed. You can get another 10% off by heading over to cardconduit.com mtggoldfish. Uh, so thank you, CardCon, for supporting today's show. Uh, you can send in your Tarmogoyfs, replace them with valuable blue cards that we're going to talk about today. So, uh, blue cards under a dollar. I'm, I'm going to start things off, and I'm going to come in hot. It's, it's 10 a.m. here. We're going to get spicy mm. immediately. So we all know Lord of the Rings just released, and the best card in the set uh, is the One Ring, right? But we all know it's going to get banned or something. It's, like, too good. But I'm, mm-hmm, I got mm-hmm. number two for you. Number two is actually on this list. Is it Orcish Bowmasters? It is not Orcish Bowmasters. It is Blue All-Star Lorien Revealed. Okay? It's a five-mana blue card. Three blue-blue. Sorcery. Draw three cards. Island Cycling one. So Island Cycling is you can discard this card, search your library for an island, reveal it, put it in your hand, and shuffle. Seth, you love MDFCs, right? <laughs> I do. This is Powercraft MDFCs, right? So the five mana draw three is like kind of eh, right? Like you can get three mana draw threes uh, with, with some kind of downside, right? Four mana draw three is standard, like harmonize. Five mana draw three is overcosted, right? So that's not as good. But you can cycle this away for a land, right? And any island, right? So this includes non-basic islands. So this includes dual lands and tri-lands. So if you pay one mana, cycle this away, get like a hollowed fountain, right? You play, put into play untapped. This is essentially a tap land, right? Like you, 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 you had to spend a mana, put a land into play, untapped, right? But you, you, you end up spending a mana. So this is a MDFC that color fixes, right? This is an MDFC that color fixes, right? Amazing. But, but putting it over the top, putting it over the top, there are other cards that are of the type island that are very good. And uh, the, the best one would be uh, Mystical Sanctuary, right? That's the one that if, it, if you have three islands or more, it comes to play untapped. And if you do, you can return an instant of sorcery to the top of your library from your graveyard. So you can cycle this Lorien Revealed, return an instant of sorcery to the top, right? With Mystical Sanctuary. Right? And it's also, uh, since we're talking about cards under a dollar, it's budget, right? So normally you can do that mystical sanctuary trick with a, with a fetch land, right? You can just fetch, fetch it up as an island. This is a free version of that, <laughs> right? And then if you're flooded or whatever, five mana draw three. 
Isn't this just the greatest MVFC ever? <laughs> like, this, I, this is so cracked. I, I, good to play. I don't know. I don't know about greatest MDFC ever, but I do think the card is legit underrated. Like, if if it was a literal MDFC, we would be super hyped for this card, right? If it was literally just the same text, but an actual just like Tapland MDFC, I think this we would a, rate it really highly. So, so, so the only case where this fails you miserably is if you have this and a bounce land, right? Like you, you oh, don't yeah. have like a means to generate yeah. one mana to, to cycle us into a land to play. But barring that scenario... It's effectively an ETB tap land. So it's also a little worse if you get a land that ETBs tapped, right? Then you're kind of like double tap land. You spend but, but you mana get, you and then get a basic. You can always get an island and then it's like a, a an MDFC, right? So should we just play this in every deck? Like, I feel like I if do. this was an MDFC, <laughs> I would play it in every deck. Obviously, you need to have islands, although hitting non-basics makes it way easier. Even in a five-color deck, you can grab your triomes or shocks or whatever. Yeah. Maybe this should just be considered I, a I've been playing a it staple. in every deck this season. I've also been forcing blue just so I can play this card, <laughs> <laughs> right, to, to try this card out. Have we seen it in practice yet? Have we actually seen it be cycled or be cast? I'm trying to remember. Like, how has it felt since you've been playing it? Has it felt like it's living up to the sleeper hype? I'm pretty sure I've cycled it for Mystical Sanctuary. And then you get back the... Have I not? And then I think I put a I put a, a Wrath on top or something. No, okay. And then I drew it. I'm pretty sure that was it. You did it. Well, I, I know I, I Mystical game. Sanctuary for a Wrath and drew it, but was it from a Lorien Revealed? I'm pretty sure it was from Lorien Revealed, but I'm not 100%. But I, I've been playing it every deck this season because I am convinced it is an MDFC. And it fixed, like it is an MDFC you would put in a five-color deck. So when you have a five color deck, you're you're a bit wary about like playing the 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 single color MDFCs. But this one can fetch a triome. You would have a double tap land, so that's not ideal. But you could actually tap a uh, get a a shock land, and that's actually just a ETB tapped dual land at that point, right? And five mana draw three. Like, yeah, actually I mean, castable. Mana... Unlike Seagate Restoration, sometimes you're like, okay, uh, I don't yeah. have enough mana, right? <laughs> like I, I need to like smooth out my draws, right? Like. This is cracked. This is cracked. The, the other thing <laughs> I would say is... Oh, go ahead, Phil. Go ahead. Like, I, I get what you mean. Like, I played it a lot in Limited, and it just feels like a super curve smoothing and just a very fun-to-play card. Like, I wouldn't... It has such low opportunity cost that I wouldn't fault anybody to put it in their deck. Kind of wish it was an instant, though. It feels... Sorcery speed draw three... I mean, it's good in... <laughs> good and limited is a bit rough but it's probably also (laughs) good in commander it's also not on any theme like as soon as it's on theme as soon as you play like is it spells or something with spells in the graveyard or something just take advantage of any other aspect of the card than just getting a land and drawing three cards Uh, then i would play it for sure i wouldn't fault anybody to play it 25 cents that is a pretty good deal for a card like this comparing it to an mdsc it doesn't work with stuff like explore where you play extra land drops and stuff it, it kind of does well it does right because you, yeah, you, you just cycle it for land and then play yeah. that extra extra land uh, i just feel like is calling it an mdfc is you might be it's right. It's literally but it the same. Wrong. I know. I know. <laughs> it's, it's, like it has the same downsides in the sense that, like, if if it, if, let's say you're trying to draw lands off the top, like you have a Corsair of Kufix or something, and it's sitting on top, it's it's not a land, right? But same with MDFC, sure. it doesn't count as a land 
when it's or in that form. You could play it on top. Like the the only the problem is the, the the one I outlined, where you actually have no available mana to actually yeah. pay for it. So like a uh, turn one play, you can't play this on turn one. Whereas like you could technically Balagad Recovery as a land on turn one, untap, play Mana Dork or something, right? You can't do it if you're holding a Lorien Revealed. Uh, same with like Bounce Land shenanigans, right? But outside of that, like very narrow case, it's it's an MDFC. As long as you can afford untapped lands, right? And everyone can afford basics, right? And you can probably have shock lands in your deck anyway. So now it's a dual-colored MDFC, and you can actually grab a Triome if you want to, right? So it's, it's an MDFC, Seth! It's, it's an MDFC. I, 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 I think the MDFC comparison is actually dead on. Like, I, I'm a believer in this being MDF. Like... It's it takes a little bit to wrap your head around, but I actually think Richard is right that it does play very similarly to MDFC in like ninety nine percent of cases. There's like always going to be fringe situations where it like the, the comparison doesn't hold up, but I think it's close enough. And if you told me there was MDFC that was harmonized for one more mana, I would totally be on board. So I think. I don't know. I think Richard is actually right that I should just play this in essentially every deck. It goes up in value even more if you have, like Richard said, the Mystic Sanctuary to hit. Although it's also worth mentioning, it's always weird when you talk budget cards and then the cards that you want to get with the budget card are expensive, like Triomes or Dual Lands or whatever. It's worth mentioning, though, that one thing Wizards has done recently is start printing common dual lands with the land types. There's like the snow lands that are the dual lands and their commons. There's a cycle from, I don't even know, Dominaria, Dominaria United, Na- I want to say, that's yeah. like common and it has the land types. So even if you're playing like full on budget, you can still snag dual lands with this. It's going to be a little slow, but I don't know. Get not any slower than the Sliver Precon mana base, right? No. Uh, <laughs> yes. Sorry. So, <laughs> sorry, real quick. What the hell are you talking about, Richard? This card is terrible. You crib, you play so much blue. Would you not play no. this? No. No. <laughs> oh. Wait, why? What? Why do what do you dislike about it? Okay. So why would I I guess I just don't see the appeal of this. This is definitely not First off, the MDFC does come into play tapped. I get that. And, like, you're tutoring a land. You have to do all this stuff. But, like, you're now putting it on the fact that what if you don't have anything to tutor up? What if you, you know, like, I mean, I guess at that point in the game, you can always just I mean, you always three. have an island. Oh, but, you're right? not going to have an island. Right. <laughs> uh, I, haven't we learned that, like, having island types out of shocks, outside of, like, shocks and whatnot, the they're, they're kind of, I'm, yeah, I'm kind then, of running. Then you have shocks in your land. Then you, then yeah, you yeah, just yeah, yeah. grab a shock. Right? I mean, like, you but, can say that with, like, polluted delta. What if I have fetched all my <laughs> islands and it's still, I'm like, okay, I guess, but, like, you could figure it out, right? This, I mean, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it plays better than it, than it reads because right now it kind of doesn't. What, what if it was a literal MDFC? What if it was a five mana draw three? Backside was an ETV tapped, uh, not island, but ETV tapped blue source. Would you play it? I mean, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Oh, Good yeah. yeah. And, and it is that. Right? If, you, if you agree with that, then you have to play this, right? Yeah, but yeah. if you think that card is unplayable, then this card is probably equally oh, unplayable, right? But you're forgetting something, Richard. Opposition agent. Mm? Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but there's, there's, like, there's, there's, there's going to be like, wow, Polluted Delta's unplayable because of opposition agent, right? <laughs> I mean, I... I, I don't was, know. 
I was playing Historic today. I played against someone who was, like, top 10 Mythic on Arena, so, like, obviously someone who plays a lot of Magic. They were playing blue-black control and uh, seemed to be playing a playset of this card in their blue-black control deck. So uh, I've seen a little in Modern, too. So I think, for me, I think Richard's arguments make sense on paper. And then also seeing people playing this in 60-card formats makes me think that it's legitimately just an underrated card. I got to ask you, though, Richard, this is a cycle... How do you feel about the rest of the cycle? Is this the exception to the rule because it's almost a harmonize? Or are we interested in the... The rest of them are mostly six-mana creatures that have somewhat questionable stats. Should we also be thinking of those as, like, staple-level cards, too? So the rest of them are scuffed. So the the best one is the white one, which is a six-mana 3-3. When it ETBs, uh, your whole team gets plus one, plus zero in first strike. Uh, So that's, like... McKinney Stampede, which, you know, I guess you could put in some decks, but in general, you know, it's not that good. The green one makes a food token for a 5-7. The red one is a 6-4 that gives one creature plus two plus zero and trample. And the black one can't be blocked by three or more creatures. So, I mean, if they're on theme, I I guess, but like they're pretty scuffed. Like you don't want to really play these cards in like a generic deck, but the blue one. I will I will harmonize for one more mana, like, easily, right, as as a backup. Like, the, the only time you wouldn't play this is if you're like, I can't afford a tap land. Yeah. Right? But if you are thinking, like, I want to play a temple, I want to play a guild gate, if, you're, if you are putting these cards, or an MDFC, if you're putting these cards into your deck, I think this, this card is valid, right? But if you're like, I don't know, CDHing it out, you're like, I cannot afford a single tap land, then yeah, don't play this card. But and if you can I- play tap lands, then yeah, for sure. I mean, I've also not played in, like, my Lonis deck. Like, I just 99% play creatures. That's what I mean. If, if, as soon as it, you get it takes any... A, it takes a land slot, Phil. It no, takes no, no, a land it slot. <laughs> I, I'm already... Uh, Richard's playing, like, 29 base, uh, twenty-nine <laughs> lands now. It's, like, all MDFCs no, and Lorian uh, reveals. You is... could actually argue that for some archetypes, it's better than an MDFC, though, because if you cycle it, there's a sorcery in your graveyard, yeah, which and is it fills relevant your graveyard. for it. Like, yep. in some cases, it's even better uh, than an MDFC. So. Yeah. And it's also potentially a dual land. So if you're playing a decent mana base where you have shock lands and triomes, like, it's kind of MDFC that's fixing your mana, too, which we haven't seen MDFCs that do that yet. We haven't seen dual land MDFCs yeah. or anything. So I, I think I, you're right. I have I'm to play this. I, I, I have to play this. I have to try this card. I mean, it kind of reads like bulk. Uh, and like Garbaggio, but like heart Garba, hot Garbaggio, <laughs> but like like wow. wow. Uh, I will. This, this, I will this try. Is, this is the Tomer argument for Andu inversion, right? He's like, why would I pay eight mana for a sweeper when like Hour of Revelation exists at three mana, right? And you're like, that's true, right? Like you can draw three cards with like a harmonize, which is like, you know, people consider barely playable, right? But. It's actually a land that does this, right? So people play like a temple or a guild gate. You're like, you're playing a tap land for a scry one. What if I let you play a tap land that has the potential to draw you three cards when you have nothing better to do, right? Same with Andu Inversion, right? It's a tap land that can be a wrath when you need it to be. Same with Balagan Recovery, right? So this, I think, is right there. Like, why play Balagan Recovery? Regrowth exists, right? Because it's a land, right? There's no opportunity here, no opportunity cost. And lands lose value throughout the game. Like, after you have enough lands to do all your stuff and you draw a land off the top of your deck, you're going to be really sad. If it's turn 12 and you, like, have enough mana to do everything and you top deck this, you're probably actually pretty thrilled, right? Like, it's a a land that's not a bad draw in the late game when you already have all your mana. 
Okay, Krim, you know the, the, the tapped land cycle that uh, you can pay two mana to cycle? I forgot what they're called. Like, it's uh, ETB tapped. Like, irrigated, like, irrigated farmland, right. fetid there, There's the dual the land front, cycle. There's the monocolored cycle that uh, cycles oh, for one. Like, the one we play with Renin. Renin six, oh, right, right, right. right. Okay. Would, would you play okay. Lorien Revealed over those? Would you even play those cards? I mean, not with Renin Six, obviously. <laughs> well, obviously, if you're trying to do Renin Six shenanigans, right? But people, like people, are playing a tapped land for some upside, right? And that upside is to pay one or two mana to cycle in the late game. Would you rather not pay five mana to draw three <laughs> in the late game, right? Yeah. Would you? I would guess, yeah. <sighs> All right, we're working okay. on crew. We're, we're going to break them. I, we're going to break I gotta, <laughs> Okay, of the cards, like, you know, like, this This is, like, it's definitely, like, a reasonable, I guess, like, like thing. Like, I, I just got to play it. I, I don't know. Something about it God, doesn't. If there was a tier list right now, I'd be stamping S on it. You know, I'd be stamping I'd, S on this, baby. I'm kind of land for this. Like, do you, you use it yeah, as an... I, I, I kind of land for it. Oh, wow. So I, I mean, I, I treat it the same way as MDFC. Like, maybe I cut, like, yeah, half okay, a land yeah. for it, right? Like, maybe not I mean, a full yeah. land. Like, depending on what the rest of my mana base looks like. But it, it, it's <laughs> basically a land, right? I'm, like, if I was really trying to draw cards efficiently, I'm not paying five mana to draw three, right? It's really, like, a land that can draw cards. All right, yeah. Phil. What oh, do yeah. you have for us? Uh, so I got a card here that is in a lot of my decks, and it might be good in your deck as well. And it's pretty cheap. Oh, it's actually on the cusp here of the budget. It's exactly one dollar. Literally a uh, dollar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Ethereal Investigator, four mana, th- two three flying. When it enters the battlefield, investigate X times. So you create a clue where X is the number of opponents you have. So usually you create three clues when it enters the battlefield. And whenever you draw a second card each turn, you create a one one flying spirit token. So if you sacrifice a clue. You get a spirit if it's your turn. If you've sacrificed the other two clues in one turn, you get another spirit. I play this card. Maybe it might be a little niche, but I just, it is a pretty low key card and some people might not have it on their radar and it might fit your deck. So it fits my Lonus deck, which is treasures and artifacts because it creates treasures. But then it also fits my Manios Kalga deck, which is based around drawing your second cards and creating tokens and drawing cards. And it creates, oh wait, it's it's such a good card in this deck as well. Then it's a flyer, a spirit. You can, like, it does so many things. It creates flying tokens, clue tokens, artifacts, a lot of permanence. Oh, it just does so much. And it's, four mana might be a lot, but if you're dawdling, man, what a value-packed card. I don't even know it's just fun to play with that's usually that's all for this list for my cards actually it it's nice how it like kind of snowballs with itself a little bit like you make the clues and then the clues you can crack to be your second card during your next turn or whatever even during that turn to like triggering it the spirit its stats aren't great though like i feel like this is a card for me that like I don't know. Richard's Richard's card, I could see jamming in, like, any deck, and it's probably good. I think with Ethereal Investigator, I really want to be kind of like you were saying around a, a theme. I want to be spirits. Yeah, I want to be clues. Sure. I want to be tokens. I want to be draw a second card. Like, if you're one of those themes, though, I think this card's probably really strong. And just looking at EDH Rec, it seems like most people aren't even playing it when they're on those themes. Like, people aren't normally playing it in, like, Lana's and in those decks. So I think it actually is 
qualifies as a sleeper because those decks it seems perfect for, right? Like, why wouldn't you play it in a deck uh, that's been around clues or tokens or spirits? Yeah, especially uh, yeah, if you like, trigger the it, second ability just randomly, then it actually it's pretty good. Yeah. I, I, I definitely like it for, like, I, I think it's a fun little, like, it's a very fill card. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very fill card. So, like, I, I do like it. I think it's interesting. It does come in at a at the four slot. So, I do worry that, like, that outside of Spirits, I probably wouldn't play it. But, like, yeah, like, it, it's it's definitely sweet. I didn't, I kind of forgot it existed. Yeah, I think you definitely need to play imagine. a token deck. I'm not even sure I haven't played in Spirits. I, I, I would have to play yeah, it in like a clue deck or something. Like something that requires that three investigate. Uh, because yeah, even well, in a Spirits artifacts. deck, it's kind of really slow to to make the Spirit tokens. Uh, but yeah, if you have a token deck and you can take advantage of both tokens, uh, like, you know, you have like doubling seasons or, or whatever, stuff like that, right? Then it becomes good. But four mana, um, two, three is not great. <laughs> so you so actually cool. need yeah, you actually course. need to use yeah. these abilities to their full ability to to actually uh, pop off. It plays better than it looks, though. Like uh, I don't know, is it E six? There's a card that says whenever you create your first token or the first time you create any number of tokens each turn, you choose a creature and create that many copies of that creature instead. If you play oh, this cracked. into this, you create four of these. <laughs> plus yeah, yeah, you make four ethereal yeah. investigators. Oh. Okay, that's and then that's all of them trigger. So. The fact that it creates three tokens and then poops out spirits, it does open up for some broken stuff. The baseline is very fair. I'm not going <laughs> to tell you anything else here. It is a four mana, two, three flying. But man, does it some neat stuff sometimes. Also, Edric's and Nev, the doubling season Simic Commander. So you like play this, you'll get twice oh, yeah. the clues. And then every time you draw your second card, you'll get twice the spirit. So I think those kind of decks I definitely would would jam this card for sure all right crim hit us up with your underrated card under a dollar uh all right gotta make sure it's still uh under a dollar because it is such a banger (laughs) (laughs) um uh, so it's from capenna Uh, i talked about it before uh like i think during spoiler season of capenna uh it's change of plans x one in blue each of X target creatures you control connive. You may have any number of them phase out. This is just my attempt at having an extra copy of March of Swirling Mists. And not only that, it's it does a one hell of a good job of it because it also potentially grows. Yeah, I have to pay a lot more mana than I would for March, but I think this is just a good, efficient way to protect your board, to still benefit from a sweeper. And on the way out, maybe you get to loot and you get to, like, grow your team a little bit. So I I think this card is super sweet, personally. But I don't know. What what do y'all think? It doesn't face out the opponent's creatures, right? Yeah, so you, you is, have to target no, your own creature. It's, it's only for yours. Only for yours. So March can phase out anyone's creatures. Right. So you yes, can use right. it as, like, removal or, you know, defense to phase out an attacker. Uh, yeah, how, mu- March, sure. how much does March cost? March is not that bad. It's like two bucks. But remember, this also is going to let you loot a bunch of times, right? You're going to connive yeah. for every every creature that you phase out. So it's actually like, what, pay five mana, triple triple loot, and phase out three creatures, something like that. Not super yeah. efficient, but if, 
uh, I think if you're in the business of protecting your team, I probably would still play March over it, but I think this could be a good backup March, especially if you don't have access to white. If you're a, a like a creature deck that isn't in white, so you don't have the white phase out effects, this seems like it might be the second best option for decks like that. And I do think that like phasing out is just super important now. It's like there's so many exile yeah. wraths, like the old way of protecting your team from a few years ago isn't very good in Commander anymore. You really need to have the phase-out effects, I think, to survive the Sunfalls and the Farewells and just, like, the popular sweepers of the day. Yeah, so and that that's exactly it. Like, you, those cards are just things that you need now for those kind of sweepers, and you only have one March, so... If you're in blue, do you play this to protect your team, or do you just play an additional counterspell? So I think... I have to be blue. I have to be creature heavy uh, to yeah. actually want this. And then hopefully have access to my graveyard in some way. This seems like to me at its best, if you're like trying to reanimate stuff, have graveyard synergies where you can really take advantage of that, like conniving multiple times to fill your graveyard, where this is a combo piece. that's like filling your graveyard for living end and also protecting your team from the living end, if that makes sense. Like, so I think it's something for me, I'd have to be in specific deck. So in a generic deck, I would probably just play a counter spell, but I think there are like certain archetypes where, I would rather have this than a just a generic counter spell. The living end plan sounds sweet, by the way. <laughs> I mean, that I sounds mean, yeah, sweet, like, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think. I don't know. I, I, I really like this card because, like, yeah, for all the things we kind of talked about, it's just such an efficient... The, I will efficient say, though... Get out of stuff. So the downside is it is a lot of mana... So if you're trying to, one of the upsides of March is you can pitch extra cards from your hand to reduce its cost to phase out more stuff. If you're really trying to save a big board, this is a lot of mana to leave up, right? So I almost feel like you have to have a plan for using it offensively rather than just like, I'm going to sit back and like leave up my mana. And if someone rests, I'll phase it out because it just seems like a lot of mana to leave up. Although maybe if you're a Krim deck and you're like draw going and you have other stuff to do at instant speed, then maybe that's not much of a drawback because you're going to be casting something even if you don't need to cast this. Yeah. I was yeah. Like, think, think of it. Think of it like a tempo, like in the tempo decks where you now you've committed. You don't want to like commit too much to the board now to get blown out by a sweeper. I just think this is the perfect like like protection plan. Like a draw-go deck that also plays creatures. So something like Spirits, something like Rogues, Fairies or something, where yeah. if someone Wraths, rather than countering it, you just phase out your team and get a one-sided Wrath for yourself. But you actually have sufficient mana because you're, you you know, you were planning on flashing in Spirits anyway. Whereas March is better if you're kind of tap out and attacking. Like you can leave up one mana to protect your team. Uh, but this one is like really expensive. So I think a draw-go, so like Fairies, Rogues... Uh, spirits, those type of decks. I think this is actually pretty sweet. That's precisely what, like, like what deck it's going in. <laughs> All right, Seth, hit us up with the card. This one blows my mind that this card is still under a dollar. It's is, still is this underplayed. I'm checking it's, right now. It's, it's, it sees a bit of play, but it's nowhere near as much as it should. I think it's maybe. I want to say 4%. Maybe it's less than 4%. Maybe it's 2%. What's the, what's the percent, Richard? We're talking about Thieving Skydiver, by the way, which I'll read momentarily. 2%. Ah. 2% of decks. 
Thieving Skydiver. Two mana, two one flyer. So fine stats to start with for a little aggro, chip in for some damage creature. It's a merfolk rogue. Most importantly is Kicker of X. When it ETBs, if it was kicked, you gain control of target artifact with converted mana cost of X or uh, less. So mana value of X or less. If the artifact's equipment, you even need to put it on Thieving Skydiver. So what this is in practice is you don't want to cast it for two mana. It three mana, it's cast this and steal a soul ring. At four mana, it's cast this and steal any two mana mana rock essentially and then you get some extra upside that you run into an equipment deck you run into uh, someone else's playing artifacts and you're able to yoink those i think that this card should just go in essentially every deck right to me this is an s tier card you get the upside of dealing with specific powerful artifacts and hosing the equipment deck but its floor is someone's gonna have a mana rock this is one of the strongest ramp spells i think that you can play in mono blue because not only are you putting yourself up mana you're putting an opponent down mana and you're getting a body on the battlefield so i feel like this should just be an s tier card that you can play in literally any deck from five color to mono blue and i don't know why it hasn't caught on why is this under a dollar why is this two percent of decks? like why why have people not realized how good this card is yeah, I stole a ring with it. Uh, it. It was in Historic Brawl, full disclosure. I didn't play a Commander since the ring dropped. Uh, but it is an answer for the ring. And if they tapped it a bunch of time, you get so much mana. I also uh, value. Also stole Sword of Fire and Ice with it, equipped it right away. Ooh. Countless soul rings. Why is this below yeah. a dollar? It's so, such, so for, for contrast, it's actually EDH, a dollar exactly. It's not a dollar. For, on EDH rec, like a true staple, oh, a yeah. like counterspell. 43% of decks. Cyclonic Rift, 31% of decks. Uh, somehow Mana Drain is in 16% of decks, even though it's like pushing 50 bucks or whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, like Swan Song, 17%. Like those are what like true staples look like. Even Mull Drifter is like 8%. So 2% is actually like very not played. And I think Seth is right. This this card is insane. And like even if you literally do nothing, it's a two mana two one flyer. It's like Yeah. Actually, appropriately costed. Flips the dousing dagger. <laughs> when, when you like the equipment sniping mode is actually like hilarious, right? Like you snipe uh, Colossus Hammer, it's a free equip. Right? Yep. You you snipe it a dousing dagger, it's a free equip. You snipe a sword of X and Y, it's a free equip. Uh, so, you can target your own equipments, by the way. Can yeah. When you when can. this came out, I I thought it was already a blue staple to begin with, and to be honest with you, like I still agree. I. I even even with that being said, I definitely still feel like I'm underplaying it. Yeah. Uh, like it, and uh, it's a card where I'm surprised I just don't play it in literally every deck with blue. It's also two um, of the very popular tribes, like Merfolk nah. and Rogue. Like, well, shouldn't all those players be playing it? Like, why are we still at? 2%? I mean, yeah. Well, it's it's in my Rogue deck, obviously, right? It's in my Merfolk deck. That's just like yeah. no questions asked there. But but yeah, like I am so shocked at that the fact that I just. I feel like I just don't play this enough when I should be playing this infinitely more. Yeah. I, I forget about it sometimes, too. I always, every once in a while, I remember it, and it goes in all my decks for, like, a month, and then I forget about it again. But, I uh, yeah, I feel like I should put this in quite literally every deck. And I think it might even be correct to just count it as a ramp spell. Like, when you're building a blue deck, can you just count this as a ramp spell? Because the uh, how often are you not going to have a mana rock to steal on turn three or turn four? 
it's going to be pretty infrequent, right, in a game of Commander? Yeah. I almost feel like yeah. you can just... Yeah, I Somebody guess turn four, will have there something. might not be a Zul Ring. So I almost feel like you can just count this as one of your ramp pieces. So if you're worried about, like, oh, it doesn't fit the theme, like, you're playing Cultivate, you're playing Farsi, like, you're playing Arcane Signet, that doesn't fit your theme. So, like, just think of this as a ramp spell, and you can throw it in any deck and uh, justify it. It's also permanent, right? Like, if uh, yeah. Thieving Skydiver oh, yeah. dies... You still keep the thing. So yeah. like, if you take a soul ring and someone just creature mass, like you keep the soul ring, which is also it's, kind of disgusting. It stage dives so hard that it also has flying randomly. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm next. Okay. This, this is a Richard special. Okay. I oh, still can't God. believe such an oh. old card from Weatherlight is, uh, <laughs> or no, Tempest is under a dollar and it's, it's cap size. It's one blue blue, so three mana, capsize, instant, buy back three, which means when you cast a spell, you can pay three more mana, and when you do, when it resolves, put it back in your hand. And then its ability is return target permanent to owner's hand. So, in my opinion, this is like generous gift or beast within, but cracked, because it's a win con, <laughs> right? And it, it gets value, right? So it's temporary removal. So if someone's swinging lethal at you or something, you, you bounce it for three mana. If you have more mana, you can uh, actually return this to your hand and use this as your literal win con, where you're like just bouncing things off the board. You can also use its bounce ability to gain value. Like you can bounce your Skullwinder back to hand. Uh, you can bounce your Bajuka Bog back to hand you can bounce your opponent's bajuka bog so that they can replay it to remove a graveyard so i actually play this in lieu of beast within and uh, generous gift when i'm playing with Ooh. these colors to me it's basically removal that doubles as a win con that doubles as a flex slot so i'm surprised it's a dollar and i know you all love richard's late game capsize lock right like you know if i have a capsize i have like 12 <laughs> mana like you do we you know? love that okay. no, like, <laughs> yeah, i, I cannot show capsize if i show capsize i'm dead right like I, I gotta hide it until the very end and then you can just start end of turn bouncing two things untap bounce another thing like swing for lethal uh so it's removal that that doubles as a win con that's actually a reasonable win con I used to play this in every, like, control deck, in every single deck that had uh, blue in it, and I don't, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just, like, it seems kind of mana inefficient nowadays, maybe that's why, like, this was a card I've loved and I've played a lot of, I don't know why I don't play this as much anymore, I I think... At the end of the day, it just came down to like, yeah, I can kind of just bounce it back and, you know, do the whole buyback thing like a million times over. But it never feels like it's, I, I'm doing anything efficiently. It feel, doesn't it just feel a little mana inefficient? It doesn't need to be inefficient. It doesn't need to be efficient, right? Bad. It's closing out the game. <laughs> I, I got to say. I guess, can- yeah. Yeah. Capsize is one of the most brutal cards to lose to. A similar one is Forbid. That's buyback, discard, two that's cards. A, I, that was also on my list, but that's yeah, $2. I just recently <laughs> cut it from a deck because the deck has infinite mana and infinite card draw at some point. And I thought, oh, Forbid is cool because then I can just count everything. But yep. that's just the most brutal win con ever. And I thought, well, I actually don't want my friends to hate me. So... Just combo that, off, but don't say, I'm going to counter everything now. That's brutal. And Capsize is along the same lines. It's shocking that it's just a dollar because it's... Crim is right. It feels kind of 
bad if you pay for it and will pay six to get it back. But the receiving end is brutal. It feels so bad to know that your opponent has a cap size and a lot of mana. Ooh, that's a bad situation. Pretty good call. I don't play it. It feels so bad to get locked out by this. I'm curious. I'm glad I'm glad Phil mentioned like not wanting his friends to hate him. Do you think part of the reason why this doesn't see more play is people think of it as a salty card? Because that's a, I think the card's really, really powerful and probably deserves to be played more. But like, is it one of those cards that people don't put in their deck because they think it's too brutal? It's so know. much mana, though. Yeah, it is it a is. lot of mana. Like, like guess, if it was, oh. if it was like super mana efficient, I'd be like, "Wow, that that's brutal." Like you can capsize lock someone, but yeah, you can bounce. Like lands. it's six mana per cast that can be fizzled by removal. Uh, I think that keeps it back. I don't know. People salty about cyclonic rift. It's like seven yeah. mana, right? I mean, <laughs> like I mean, I guess you get salty about capsize locks too, right? Yeah, I mean, I it's guess. hard to actually lock people, right? But it's yeah. easy to say bounce two things. You're yeah. like, bounce Ghostly Prison, bounce Propaganda, swing for lethal, right? It's, it's actually kind of difficult to, like, bounce all your lands. Like, you actually have to have, like, a lot of mana, and the other guy has to be doing nothing to actually lock them. But it prevents, like, the biggest one to three things on board. Yeah. And that's it's, doubly true of Commander, where there's three opponents. Like, yeah. capsize locking someone in, like, Pauper was a legit thing people did for a while. But with one opponent, it's way easier than with uh, with three opponents. It's That's a lot of mana necessary. There is a threat I of like activation, it. though. As soon as people know that you have it and you have six mana open, they're probably <laughs> yeah. not going to yeah. play their six drop that does something next upkeep or something. It's like knowing you have. They're definitely going to be you down. I mean, yeah. once you show it, people are going to try to yeah. kill you if, if you yeah. have lots of mana, right? So you need to not show yeah. it until it's inevitable. And this makes it inevitable, right? Like people try to stick anything. If they can't interact with it, you remove it and you can prevent yourself from dying. Hitting lands uh, is wild. Yeah. Hitting lands is <laughs> great. Like boomerang. <laughs> I, I was so close. So remember, uh, what was the $25 budget game? I was yeah. so close to just capsizing Krim out of the game. <laughs> Krim, yeah. Krim was oh, stuck no. on four lands. I had a capsize of like 12 mana. But like I, I was being arch enemy, so I actually had to use the capsize to not die. Wouldn't you and, feel bad if you did? No, it? I, I, I mean, was <laughs> like, you had one black source and three forests. Like, if, if you... If we killed Seth first and it was just me and Krim, I would 100% just capsize him out of the game. <laughs> it would have been hilarious, but uh, I, I had to waste it on something and it got, it got fizzled. <laughs> uh, and you can okay. fizzle it by removing the target. That's yes. a good point. So if, if, it, if the spell fizzles, the buyback doesn't work. Yeah. But you're also blue, so you can cycle Lorien Revealed, get Ooh. Mystic Sanctuary back, put the capsize back on top of your library and keep going Ooh. if you need to. Ooh. I think we just got Richard's deck list. That's, that's what happened here. <laughs> also, also goes infinite with Dockside. Not that everything oh, doesn't go infinite sure. with Dockside, but it is Whoa. a combo piece as well if you want to keep mounting your Dockside. Bro, it's all combos. It mounts the one ring, right? So you can get the yeah. one ring back, get more protection oh, if you need to. Oh. Not again. Actually, Not again. you know, with the with the one ring, get, like being everywhere now, maybe maybe it's time to put capsize back in. So oh, you do you want really bounce your ever. opponent's one ring? Though? No, 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 no. You want to bounce your own, so you have protection yeah. forever. Okay. I mean, you could bounce the one ring and counter it on the way back down as well. Like that's another viable option and like same with like destroy effects are like not as good like the one ring shows you it's indestructible you can bounce like indestructible commanders and things with capsize right so there is some upside to to the bouncing part of it all right 
Phil, what do you have for us? Okay, so recurring theme here. Very fun card, not efficient, but does cool stuff. Gale's Redirection. Five mana. Oh my ah, god, this text box. It is, yeah. it is simpler than it reads. Exile target spell, then roll a d20 and add the spell's mana value. 1 to 14, you may cast the spell and have to pay mana for it. And 15 plus is you can cast it without paying mana for it. As long as it's it remains exiled. So you don't have to cast it that timing. So pretty complicated if you read the whole card. It is pretty simple, though. You exile a spell, not counter, in case somebody casts a six-mana Chandra or something. So you exile a spell off the stack. Then you roll a die. The more expensive the card is, the more likely you are to pay it for free. Otherwise, you can pay for it using any color of mana. It is obviously not a thing you use to protect your combo with, but if you're like, I don't know, Scarab God, uh, con- like pass back control, something that has a lot of mana open, then it's fine. I play it in as my only counter in my Omnath deck because I don't. So the <laughs> the deck is centered around fun cards, so I don't play actual counter spell. Man, but, but this one. Feels I don't understand, Phil. What, 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 what does that filter mean? Hey. What is it? Like? <laughs> It just feels good oh, to... Oh, oh, no, no, no. Counterspells are fun. <laughs> it just feels good <laughs> to hide behind this card. Like, you feel like, a bit like Cryptic Command in Modern back in the day when you said, oh, you can't lose the game, the turn where you cast the Cryptic Command. This one's like, if it's getting too worse, I'm just gonna steal whatever is bad, and then I'm the problem. If you, sure, you, you might... It's just so cool to steal crazy stuff with it. I guess you can counter a counter spell with it if you want to protect your combo, and then you have another counter spell just as a backup. But I'd usually use it to counter not the commander. By the way, he should not counter commanders with it. It's not that good. It is very fun though, and very cheap. I think this is the best version of this effect, right? Like I this do think re- so too. Yeah, actually, kind of a nostalgic card. I remember when I first started playing Commander. Uh, do you remember like spell desertion. or like desertion? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Those like expensive, but I get to steal the thing counters. I used to play those in a lot of decks just because it is a really cool effect. Like you feel, you feel so good when you get someone with them. Yeah, you're trying to like leave up five or six mana and it's super inefficient and you're probably actually losing more than you win because you're leaving up so much mana. But when it works, it's like such an awesome gotcha style moment. Uh, so I think if you want those effects, this is just the the twenty twenty three edition of them essentially, like the the upgraded version. It gets around can't be countered effects uh, because it's exiling it rather than countering it. You're often going to be able to cast the thing for free. I think most of the time, like when you add, you want to hit an expensive spell with this. You're going to be kind of sad if you're getting a two drop or something. So you're trying to hit a five or six or seven drop. So unless you're really unlucky with your die roll, there's a good chance you're going to be able to cast it for free. So. I like it. I don't know. I don't yeah. like leaving up this amount of mana. I'm just not that much of a Drago player, so I tend not to play cards like this, but it, it does feel really good when they work. This is the fillest card I've ever seen. It's like stealing <laughs> my spells right off the stack. Uh, you you can you get to save that card, right? Like, you don't have to yeah. cast it immediately. Yep. You can cast it, like, five turns later if you want. Yeah, Unfortunately, everyone knows... Good. what that card is yeah but you can snipe a counter spell i don't know how you're gonna snipe someone's counter spell with five <laughs> mana and the spell you're trying to yeah. cast but you could you're you're on top of the world if you're doing all of that at i mean once. But but like, yeah, you, that you can snipe an omniscience or something oh yeah like, on there, that there's theory. a lot like an eerie ultimatum or something so there's a lot of things yeah. you can snipe uh five mana is rough but 
I don't know. Are you going to play around? I guess people will play around. I don't know. Five open mana is sketchy. If you're the Scarab Five God and you, you usually keep up that much mana or something with an activated ability, yeah. you can fake it out a little bit. But otherwise, just randomly keep up five mana and two blue. The, I mean, the sure reason why this is something. such a fill card is because it, it plays probably best, as you mentioned, in your Omnath deck and in yeah. Simic. Yes. Uh, because you get a lot of mana. You're, you're, yeah. you've got so much mana like that you're clearly just not playing every like you're not playing a fair game, right? You're you're bounce <laughs> you're so far ahead of everybody else that five mana is like two mana, right? So yeah. this this is very good in that kind of deck. Five yeah, it is, is very two, fun. Is the new two mana <laughs> for for Simic players? It is, I, I, like it. I, like ask a Simic player what it's like to actually spend five mana on curve. Like, like <laughs> they'll never know what you're talking about. <laughs> I like it. Right, here's a question: Is this the best like big counterspell? Like, oh, would you play this? I, I don't know what big counterspells there are. Like Cryptic is one, right? It's four mana. You counter, and I guess you could draw or bounce. This seems better than that. Uh, there's like Mystic Confluence. You can draw th- and then yeah. start mana leaking Sublime people. Sub- oh, Sublime Epiphany? Ones. Yeah. Sublime Epiphany. That is six mana, though. I also kind of like the treasure it's one. I don't really play that one, but the one that makes treasures oh, yeah. equal to the spell's mana value. I think that one's actually kind of decent. <laughs> there's one that <laughs> makes top dust as well. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's mana that drain that you pretty store good. up the, the mana, yeah. I like Mana Drain. I'll it might try be, that though. Out. This might be the best one. Sublime Epiphany is more powerful, but six is more than five. But Sublime Epiphany does everything. Six and five are basically the same at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sublime Epiphany does a lot. Oh, yeah. So it, how much is Sublime Epiphany? Insane. Does that does More that than a dollar. I checked. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it feels four or five bucks it. or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that's not too bad. Okay. Krim, what do you have for us? All right. So... <laughs> It's weird. I keep bringing up cards that I may or may not have recommended before. Consuming Tide, which is four. It's two blue blue, and it's from like Midnight Hunt. Each play, it's a sorcery. Each player chooses a non-land permanent they control. Return all non-land permanents not chosen this way to their owner's hands. Then you draw a card for each opponent who has more cards in their hand than you do. This is like going to be. For the most part, yeah, people are going to keep their best threat. But if you're playing the like a certain style of deck, let's say you have a, a capsize or a spot removal or something, right? You are able to... It, it's so cheap that they can bounce everything back. And like this is the perfect kind of control play style where maybe the only thing left behind is like my Planeswalker, right? Like this, this is exactly the style of card I want to be playing with in that kind of game. Uh, bouncing everything back uh, just, just all around... A very cheap, efficient board bounce that could potentially draw you like three cards. I don't. I. I don't know. I. I love this card, and I feel like it's criminally underplayed. The scene I mean, is insane. I didn't remember the draw part, but at the right, if you don't play a lot of permanence, and you you need the tempo, yeah, four mana is kind of a good rate for this. The this floor is obviously very bad, but yeah. I mean, isn't this harmonize? <laughs> I feel it's like um, yeah, it's so like much better mind, than a harmonize. Right? It's like a four mana draw three, and then does something incidental that like kind of matters, but not really. 
like if you just bounce everything everyone just replays their stuff and like you don't really make any progress because you're bouncing your own things as well right uh so you're just really like four mana draw three and someone gets some etb synergies or something how often are you drawing three though like i'm actually curious i i haven't played this card much in commander like is the the base mode draw three with this usually crim like is that how it usually plays out on average, I'd probably say you draw one. Okay. Right? But if I, I, I'm I'm bouncing everything except yep. for the, like maybe one permanent and drawing one on top of that, it at least replaces itself. And I tempoed, right? So like I I really like this because it's so cheap. It's such a cheap spell, like that it just doesn't feel like there's really any downside to it. Right. Like, yeah, I've had I, I won't lie. Right. There's, you know, every, let's say every now and then, you know, like, oh, well, the thing that we clearly needed to get rid of the most still stays. But now you're in a situation where you only have to answer one thing as opposed to like 50 other things on top of the one thing. So I'm I'm curious. Cyclonic Rift is like super far up here, like way better right, than everything right. else similar Rift to this. What about the next the tier of mass bounce? You have like so you have Consuming Tide. You have the Miracle one, Devastation Tide, which bounces all non-lands. Uh, you have Evacuation that bounces all creatures. There's Coastal Breach, the Undaunted one that I don't <laughs> think I've ever yeah. actually seen anyone play. Do you think this is the best of that next group behind Cyclonic Rift? Like, is this the one you play the most uh, behind Cyclonic Rift? Yeah. I mean, like, why... Devastation Tide costing two mana is nice, though. I do really like that. But, like, at the same time... I don't know. I mean, this is just four mana anyways, and it doesn't matter when I draw it. It'll always just be four. I still mm-hmm. get to keep my best thing as well. So, I don't know. I I, I think it is probably the second or if not like i think it's a, a top three of that it's in of, that like, next the tier. tier somewhere yeah. yeah it's in the next tier for so, sure so krim has cast it once on clash i remember and he drew three cards uh that's good right like it I, is, yeah. but i still yeah. don't know if this is yeah. good or not though like so the difference between that Amazing. and the one that the ones that seth mentioned is they're a clean sweep right like they, they will bounce everything back a lot of times like the one scary thing on board is enough to like terrified like they have a core vault on battlefield like great you bounced everything (laughs) else like you didn't really help the cause they have a different visit like okay like whatever right like so there's a problem uh, in that right that everyone gets to keep their best thing and they're probably coming at you because you bounce their board so you're gonna make yourself like if the big thing is left over i could see you being like oh you just bounced my stuff so i might as well attack crim this turn so I, i could see that side of it too but this also could be the chance to where like hey now that you've, like, we, I've reset the board, the other two players, maybe, like, I just, it's like a, a blue skull winder, potentially. What if, now, now. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's card advantage, right? I just gave you everything back. You're having a great time, you know, like. <laughs> I, I also I think mean, these cards have gotten worse over the years because everything ETVs. Like, imagine I mean, you yeah, play this against sure. Seth. Seth is like, I bounce my board, keep Pan or Monka on the battlefield, yeah. and then untap, like, replay everything. <laughs> like, same with same with Phil, right? Okay, thank you. Let me uh, re-trigger all my ETBs and landfalls and whatever, right? Like, but Richard, you love Coveted Jewel. What if, what if, like, hey, you know, you play this, it bounces. Do you want to keep my Coveted Jewel, or do you want to well, What if, what if you guys fight me? me and keep my Coveted Jewel as the one permitted on the battlefield? <laughs> Sure, right? Like that that's fine. It's not the worst thing to happen. I 
I do, like, yeah, obviously this is going to be as good as any other bounce effect, but, like, it, in that realm of bounce effects, I think yeah. this is still very respectable. And I like how cheap it is, because even just looking at Evacuation or the Undaunted one, they're not super expensive, but the Undaunted one's, like, four or five bucks, Evacuation's two or three bucks, so if you're trying to build, like, a super budget deck like that, you get extra benefit here that this card's super cheap. All right. Uh, Seth, what do you have for us? So, I have just a super fun card that I think is actually kind of good, and that's Mystic Reflection. So, Mystic Reflection, two mana instant. You can foretell it if you want to, uh, exile it, and then for two mana, and then you can cast it for its foretell cost of one mana. And it says, choose target non-legendary creature. The next time one or more creatures or planeswalkers enter the battlefield, this turn, they enter is copies of the chosen creature. So this card, it sounds kind of confusing, but essentially you choose a creature on the battlefield, and then the next creature or planeswalker that comes into play is going to be a copy of that. So why would you ever want to do this? This card actually does two different things that are very opposite each other. The most obvious is you have a cool creature on the battlefield and you would like more of those, or maybe your opponent has a cool creature on the battlefield and you would like more of those, and you play your random mana dork or janky thieving skydiver or whatever, and you're able to turn that into your opponent's Titan, your opponent's Avenger of Zendikar, and it's gonna enter as that, so you're actually gonna get the ETB triggers as well. The other thing this does is work like really weird blue removal, where there's some random token on the battlefield, your opponent goes to play their Ugin, or they go to play their bomb, and you're like, well, Mystic Reflection, I'll choose the token, your Ugin comes into play as a 1-1 token rather than your Ugin. Also worth mentioning that it's the next time one or more creatures enter the battlefield this turn. So it does some really absurd things with cards that can put multiple things into play at once. If you play uh, like an Avenger of Zendikar and you put its trigger on the stack to make 10 tokens, (laughs) you can target something and all 10 of those will come into play as the Maldrifter or an Avenger of Zendikar if you want to. And then you have 10 Avenger of Zendikars and they all make tokens. So I actually think this card is just like super fun and actually kind of good too. Yeah, I, I, I fully agree. I, I'm surprised this is under a dollar. Um, yeah. I have definitely also done some nonsense with this, copying my own creatures, turning them into something else. It, like these are, these are, this is a great creature. This also, great, uh, also, like this one's for you, Grim. One of the best ways to get the biovisionary win as well. Like biovisionary, yeah, yeah. Uh, Avengers and the car, everything's a biovisionary. Mm, I should have added that to your card market deck for you. <laughs> I, I yeah, oh god <laughs> yeah you're right though it's a sweet one it's for sure a sweet one I, I really like this one so do you put this in a generic deck as like pseudo removal i think you can Why not? i think so it works in generic decks that i like because i'm probably playing a bunch of etb value creatures and being able to make copies of those is nice in the late game so i think if you're never ever going to copy things in your own deck it's probably not worth it i just play a pongify but if you're playing a deck that has creatures that you might want to copy then i think it's easy to justify as an inclusion because it also it's like a decent creature copying spell that's also a bad removal spell but when you put both of those together kind of like a charm you end up with a card that's pretty powerful because of the flexibility yeah, I, mean, I ordered it, this card, uh, but right I never now. found room for it. No, no, not yeah, right, right now. now. <laughs> I did order it because it just seems so cool. But so far, I didn't get to play with it in Commander. Like, I would, I wanted it for my token deck. Like, as soon as you create multiple tokens at once, I think 
even if you copy a solemn simulacrum or something, it's going to get absurd. Yeah. But then I never made room <coughs> for it. I'm, it feels like such a... I don't know. The, the ceiling is insane, but it's kind of hard to control. Yeah, like when ah, it works, very it's fun brilliant. Right? Yeah, like it, 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 works, it, it cuts ETBs, <laughs> right? So if your opponent is playing something scarier than ETB, you can Mystic Reflection it. So in that yeah. sense, it's better than removal. But also, like if the thing you're scared of is on the battlefield when you draw Mystic Reflection, then like you are you are super sad. Uh, it reminds yeah. me kind of like what's that? Uh, what's that black force where it's like destroy all? Oh, was it creatures that despair. ETB disturbed? Despair. Force yeah. of despair. Yeah, like, they would play that. Like, it's so conditional. I that. Like, yes. like, you gotta have it at the exact time. And, like, that's that the only yes. spot that you can play, right? So I, I, I'm scared that this is, like, too conditional. That, you know, you might not have it when you need it. So I think that's why you want to... synergize wanna, with your own deck. Yeah, first. that's why you want to put it in a deck where you have synergies for it. Like, that's... The biggest mode is I'm doing something cool with my own cards, and then you get the upside of, oh, this is uh, going to be good removal here. So I think you play it because it's going to near deck, and sometimes you get the upside of it being halfway decent removal. It is fun. I'll give you... I, I will say that. It's a really... Okay, it's done some really cool things. Have we, so. have we ever seen this on Clash? I feel like we've never seen this card. Is that on Moto? It is, right? I feel like it, it is. It was in Keldheim. I feel like yeah. we saw it a bit right after it released, and then we've kind of forgotten about it and moved on to the next thing, but I, I'm pretty sure we saw it when it first came out. This this would have been sweet for Nazgul week. Oh, <laughs> Mystic yes. Reflection and just play, yes. like, random doodles and get even more Nazguls. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, oh, Okay, I, I got a good one. I got a good one. Uh, Diluvian Primordial. <laughs> you may have heard this card. <laughs> oh, okay? yeah. It's a 7-mana 5-5. Five, five. <laughs> okay, this this was like the darling of CDH. Or not CDH, but of EDH, like, I don't know, a decade ago. It's a 5-5 five, five flyer. When it ETBs for each opponent, you can cast up to one target instant or sorcery from that player's graveyard for free. Or the next out if you do. Did you know that it's played in only 2% <laughs> of EDH rec decks in 2020. That's criminal. Mm-hmm. Right? That's this criminal. card is a seven mana five five flying, which is passable by itself. <laughs> and you get three instants and sorceries. And I was just reflecting back. It was funny that Krim brought up consuming tide. I was reflecting back to our blue board wipe tier list. And like the amount of copium that was happening during that tier <laughs> list of like trying to find a passable Blue board wipe that was not sea monster tribal focused, right? And Diluvian Primordial is it, right? For seven mana, you can snipe a board wipe in someone's graveyard and then two other spells while you're at it, (laughs) right? This card is so insanely cracked. It's so cheap because it's been reprinted in like a million pre-cons since then. Like, I don't know how much more value you need and it's gotten stronger in 2023 because all of our sorceries and instants are stronger, Right, yep. so now I get three 2023 instants of sorceries from graveyards on top of my five five flying body. It should go in every deck. It, it is sweeper number one, right? Rather than playing cope bounce sweepers, right? Just play your <laughs> opponent's sweepers, and if they don't have sweepers, just draw a bunch of cards using all their card draw, right? Or steal all their stuff using their blatant theories, or like like I, I fail to see how you cannot get value out of this oh, like seven mana I, spell that gets three. Three free instants or sorceries. It doesn't get three. I played it so much in Commander Clash, and I I cast it less than I had it in hand, and thought, oh, this is 
doesn't get a single spell. If people cycle their Lorien revealed, okay. Yeah. But I remember <laughs> having it in hand at least two or the three tech. times. Is it because you like soul ring into the... arcade signet into the fairy yeah. and you're like, it's turn <laughs> two, where is the sorceries, guys? <laughs> I just would bank on the opponents having relevant spells. You, you might snap a ramp spell, sure. Maybe a swords or something. Uh, I mean, seven mana, five five triple rampant growth. I take every time. Shoo, shoo, shoo. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's not true. It's weird because I read the card and said the same thing. Like, oh, this goes in every deck, and then I played it a couple of times and I stopped playing it because it it whiffed. I, it's it, weird. Is it is it fair? It might fault? be small. Maybe we don't have graveyards anymore in twenty twenty. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> this might be you. But I, I, I remember testing it and thinking, why doesn't this work? Because in in theory, it should be insane. But in the cases, a pretty small sample size, just the games I played with it, and then when I drew it, and then situational, whatever. But the times I had it... Oh, I, I think one time I cast it and it was absurd. Obviously. But, man, sometimes it's not worth it. Yeah. I I love the black one of those, though. I was I was actually going to say, this whole cycle, I think... Well, not the whole cycle, but several members of this cycle, <laughs> I think, are are actually underrated. These were cards, like, when we first started playing Commander Clash, when they first came out, we played these all the time. And then I kind of, like, new exciting stuff came out, I stopped playing them. And more recently, I've started, like, rediscovering these cards, and I've been really impressed with them. The blue one is really good. The black one reanimates a creature from each graveyard. The red one uh, threatens a creature... Uh, from each of your opponents, you steal them for the turn, can uh, attack with them, they get haste. I feel like all three of those are really good, and they're all the like in the dollar price pass. range. The white one, oh, no. the, the white, white one's one also swords. also yeah. good. It does swords a bunch of things. Although honestly, that one I think is the least impactful. The black one, the blue one, and the red one can just like win games. We just ha- didn't we just have a game with Black Primordial like reanimating Crim's yeah. clones and copying itself to make, like, a ridiculous Ooh. board, like, on Commander <laughs> nice. Clash. So I, I think this is a good choice. Yes, there are times when there's graveyard hate, uh, and it's not going to work out, but I, I think it's worth playing these way more than uh, than we do. This is one of the decade-old cards that actually kind of still holds up in 2023. I, I I don't know why I don't play this. This card is so good, dude. Like this I might start so again as well. I, mean, yeah, I, I feel like so I'll play cool. it was too good. <laughs> But in 2023, yeah, but it's like, I don't know, it's fine now, right? It's like, okay now, yeah. It's, it's somehow even stronger, though, right? Like, I can just think of all the ultimatums and stuff I can cast out of your graveyards yeah. in 2023, right? Oh, but I feel yep. people just moved on from this because it was like, okay, I Diluvian Primordial, win the game, right? <laughs> like, it's not too fun, right? It's kind of like Insurrection, right? You're like, something happens, I Insurrection, I win the game, okay? Like, cool, right? But... I think using it as a sweeper is key. I think if you... <laughs> it's a 7 out of 5, five but you don't need that... But even if one person has, like, a like a sign in blood in their graveyard, I'm happy casting Diluvian Primordial, right? It's a 7 out of 5, 5 fly that draws two cards. Like, that's that's pretty good, right? Like... I I don't know if I buy your this is the first blue sweeper theory though. Like I buy your card <laughs> it is. is being, no, a, no, is no, being no. a sleeper it's... and, like, a budget all-star, but... 
really? You're gonna just like count on your opponents having a sweeper in the graveyard? That seems okay. Okay, okay, Sam, I'll put you on the yeah. spot. You play consuming tide. You play consuming tide as your sweeper in blue, or you play Diluvium Primordial. Oh well, yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah. When you put it that way, when you put it that way, I guess I'm going with Primordial. But <laughs> I'm just saying there might not always be the card you want in your graveyard. The good news is the card is strong enough that even like you said, if you're getting Sinian Bloods and Cultivates, like that's still a lot of value. Like, it, it helps you dig, you can draw cards, it's a blocker, so even if it's not the sweeper, like, there's no sweeper to grab, it can help you get to a sweeper. And I would 100% play this over, like, all the cope blue options for sweeping. <laughs> like, no, like, 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 those sweepers don't even sweep half the time, right? Like, I might as well get some value while I'm uh, not sweeping with the Luvian <laughs> Primordial. Uh, okay. I mean, yeah, like, I, 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 we should be playing this more. We should be playing Probably, this more. Yeah. This card is sweet. Yeah. The, the... What, what you need to do is play the black primordial to reanimate the blue primordial <laughs> to, to then like loop back the black primordial somehow, like, you know, clone the black primordial again and like just, just go nuts. With the black one is more controllable like though. I play it with a lot of edict effects in Jadar and there's always creatures there because I kill them first. With the other one, eh, some decks okay, just okay, don't okay. play. I already got Crumb on board, but sword and body yeah. in mind. No. <laughs> right. I mean, Richard, right. are you, you just building my deck? Your opponents, and then you dilute your primordial them. Boom. You're you're literally just building my deck right now. I need you. I need you to calm down. I need you to calm down. <laughs> no, Seth. No, I would totally no. play it. Seth, this is, this Seth's is, not this, a believer. Crim Crim was ahead of his time. Okay. He, yeah. He was, <laughs> we're just discovering new sort of body of mind synergies like every day. You know? I'm just, just <laughs> saying you don't got to convince mm. me on anything sort of body and mind related. You're, you're, I'm already there, Richard. I'm already there. All I'm right. already there. Phil, what do you have for us? Okay, I got a card that is just very efficient and funny. It's called Witness Protection. One blue enchant creature is an aura. <laughs> Enchanted creature loses all abilities and is a green-white citizen token with base power and toughness 1-1 and is named Legitimate Business Person, which <laughs> might have affected my choice here. So it is one of these Frogify, Darksteel Mutations, Kenrath Transformation, one of these, uh, kind of like Oubliette as well, stuff that shuts down the commander without them being able to recast it. This one can attack and block, which is worse than other it is only one blue mana but if you're in mono blue or like is it probably doesn't really have these effects except for frogify or something um it is pretty efficient for one blue it's like it is just if your deck has a lot of card advantage you might just be able to throw this in as a pretty efficient removal spell and snag some commanders with it they can block just full disclosure, calling it legitimate business person is <laughs> certainly a reason why I like this card. But I mean, the, the name is, the is enough, right? <laughs> the flavors <laughs> are hilarious, yeah. How? It is pretty effective, though. Like In Mono Blue, you, you kind of got to reach for your removal. How do you guys compare this to, like, Pongify or something like that? So this gets rid of commanders permanently. Pongify doesn't. This leaves behind a 1-1. Pongify is, what, a 3-3. So this is leaving behind a smaller creature. Pongify, those instant speed. This is uh, uh, an enchantment. How do you weigh those? Like, should we think of this on, like, a similar tier? Because I think Pongify or, like, Reality Shift, those are, like, the number one blue removal spells, right? Is this is this in that same level, or should we think of it that way? 
instances. They're not exactly the same, though. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, they are the same if you just put it under the, like, umbrella of removal. Right. But legitimately, <laughs> that is that is a pun. <laughs> uh, like, I think that they're, these effects, like, as Tomer calls them, I, I think, would, tether? Tether yeah, effects? Yeah, he where, the yeah, where he, he mentioned where it's where you lock a commander down and, which is huge for some decks. Like, that, sometimes it's better to not kill something. Right. It's better yeah. to make it just to make it lose all of its abilities. But then there's the instant speed elements of Pongify that you just sometimes need. Right. So though they're both removal, they're actually not the same card. These yeah, are different answers. This is closer to Imprison in the Moon or like Dark yeah. Steel Mutation. So in blue, Imprison in the Moon like is three it. mana, enchant, land, creature, planeswalker. It becomes a colorless land with tap, add, colorless. Yeah. So the, the problem with this protection is if you snag a commander, they can just like sack their creature, kill it blocking, or, or do something to get it back and to unlock it. Uh, this So Imprisoned in the Moon, the problem is you ramp them. Uh, so I don't know which one's better, but like it's harder to get rid of Imprisoned in the Moon than it is to get rid of the, the legitimate business person. So <laughs> I don't... But- is do, that what bad? Is that even a downside? Like, because isn't that isn't that worth it though? Because then they expend their turn, their resources, or finding ways to get rid of their own commander. It is tempo, pretty much. That's what I mean. With you gotta have card advantage in your deck. You're kind of giving up tempo for this. Like the commander is gonna come back, but they gotta work for it, and you only paid one mana for it. Yeah, it's, funny. it's such a good rate that like, yeah. I I I don't know. I think it's worth it, right? Like. Yeah, sure. Uh, Kenrith's transformation or whatever draws you a card, so it replaces itself. Yeah. That's that. That version is obviously like probably the better, the best version of it. But like, still, this is only one mana. I mean, I think it's good. I definitely think it's it's a good blue removal option. I do like that it can lock down a commander forever. Just how long that forever actually ends up being in practice is, uh, like Richard said, it could be sacrificed. It also, as an enchantment, can be killed, like to uh, by enchantment sure, removal, unlike sure. a Pongify or something. But the efficiency is hard to beat, right? And the the flavor is just so good that it kind of wants me to uh, makes me want to put it in a deck just for that. Like the flavor is way better than any other blue removal spell. Also, you mentioned Imprison in the Moon. That's under a dollar now too. It's been in a couple of commander precons recently, so that's yeah. another one if you're looking for like blue removal that can get rid of things sort of permanently i think that's also in the the list uh with witness protection i don't like this card <laughs> one mana enchantment swords the plowshares <laughs> <laughs> in, in prison of the moon hits planeswalkers of course and richard doesn't like it, it. <laughs> would you i'd rather just play a bounce spell or like phase out or something right like if like the instant speed aspect i think is a lot is very important. But even if this, like, flashed in, like, it still only hits creatures. It's still targeted removal. Yeah, you can use other spells that get, like, what does Reality Shift say? Does that target anything? No, just creatures. It's just creatures? Oh, that's kind of sus. Uh, I'd be like, Cyclonic Rift Bounce? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Well, yeah, Cyclonic Rift Like, two-mana version. Two-mana version, though, right? I mean... (laughs) You gotta look at it just for commanders pretty much I, for everything else yeah every other removal is better but is the this one the best blue the way of getting rid of a commander yeah like right like in prison so bouncing like, is very oh, bad for commanders right like if they have like some right. heavy tax on their commanders and you bounce it they're like thank you for like double ramping me <laughs> right so i 
I honestly think this is better than Imprisoned in the Moon because Imprisoned only hits lands and planeswalkers alongside creatures. If it was like enchant permanent, I would be then I would think of Imprisoned as like the blue generous gift or beast within or whatever. But I don't know how many creature planeswalkers do you run but, but, into but that you are can relevant. Do, so you can imprison and then creature wrath, even though you're in blue. But someone else could creature wrath, and that thing is still imprisoned in the moon right but the, but the witness protection goes away as soon as there's a wrath right so imprisoned i think is a stronger a form of locking out but they ramp okay. too right like, but they do ramp yeah hmm definitely good if you have devotion synergies enchantment synergies like then i think it goes up even more in value it's also a green and white creature if you are there like blue cards that are like green hate no, oh my god. <laughs> like if your oh. opponent controls a green permanent, like something happens, like hmm. there could actually be some synergies there. Like, yeah, like, like what's that bounce spell that something. we used to play in Legacy? I yeah, submerge. submerge. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> Combo. We broke it. I'm, I'm gonna use this as hi, I'm Richard. I'm a legitimate business person. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you say I'm that, people that. are not gonna think you're a legitimate business person. <laughs> right? That's, That's the, the least legitimate thing <laughs> yeah, to say. That is exactly what an illegitimate business person would say. <laughs> All right, Krim, what do you have for us? So I I said it during March of the Machine spoiler season, but like March of the Machine was such an all-star for Commander. Uh and there's so many gems still there, right? Like with C double just barely over a dollar, well, another four drop in the blue area is Schema Thief. Three in a blue, the Dalkin Rogue Artificer. Yes, 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 there's Rogue there. Uh, it's a flying 3-3, and when it deals combat damage to a player, create a token that's a copy of target artifact that player controls. You just connect with this, and this could be anything. Anything that they play. Uh, it could potentially even be a ramp spell if you want. You could put their artifact land into play, right? Like, all you got to do is connect, and this card just gives you whatever artifact. What's the best that thing you stole with cool. this or copied with this? Uh, the Great Henge. Ooh. Oh, that's pretty yep. good. Well, I, I, pretty I didn't good. steal it. I didn't steal it. Just yeah, yeah, you copied it. See? Yeah. Just copied Oops. it. Kind of reminds so, me of Thieving Skydiver a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Actually. Thieving Skydiver is the better version of this, but this is repeatable. This yeah, is this repeatable. is repeatable. I, I think, that's well, I think entirely... sniping someone's artifact lands is insane, right? Yeah. Uh, I, you could use liquid metal coating. You can snipe anything, really. Ooh. But, like, again, like, the, the downs, the, the worst case is probably... Well, the worst case is you can't get through combat, right? They have a blocker, you're kind of you're kind of screwed. But you can usually probably get a mana rock, like a soul ring, an arcade signet, a, a talisman, or something like that. So yeah, I kind of like it. And you do it it's every slow, turn. It is it's slow, slow though. It's it, four mana. You got to untap with it. You got to attack, and you need to connect. There's going to be times where it doesn't do anything, but then this is also a card that can just snowball. Like, if you can keep getting in hits with this, it's it's going to keep generating value, like, Ragavan style every turn. <laughs> How many artifacts like are there to steal on the table, though? <laughs> I mean, I mean you, you can, don't steal them. You can't you copy, get a the token copy so oh, You can yeah, just copy the same yeah. thing every like, turn if you you're, want to. You're not yeah. stealing anything. You, you, yeah, like, yeah, so yeah, yeah. you so don't you even draw the iron. every turn. <laughs> And yeah. ooh, and it's also a token copy, so little little extra synergy there, maybe populate or whatever, like doubling season shenanigans. I kind of like this. I, I'm gonna actually just throw this in the next blue deck I make. I think, assuming it's on Magic it Online, which I don't damage. know if it is or not, but I'm a little worried about That's... the slowness. But it does seem like it could be really fun when it goes off. 
Okay, who who is a yeah. solemn non-believer? And would you play this over solemn? Yes. Yes. So what? I've been a little the bit upside of a solemn is... skeptic, but this has more upside. Oh, boy, you got the it's the floor versus ceiling debate, right? Like the ceiling of this is ten times what solemn is. The floor of solemn is much higher, though, right? Like solemn is always going to get you the land, almost always going to get you a card. Well, you got to multiply it by the consistency factor, Seth. So what's your, <laughs> what's your consistency? I factor think solemn. I think solemn is better. I think this is more fun, probably. But I think solemn. I think the consistency makes solemn better. Do, do you actually play solemn? I forgot. Are you a solemn believer or a hater in twenty twenty three? It's. I wouldn't say hater, but it's a card that's trended down with me. I play it much less than I did before. It still shows up sometimes in my Panharmonicon style decks, but I, I don't play it as a staple anymore. I'm definitely a solemn hater, so... <laughs> so you would play Schema, Schema Thief over solemn. Yeah, 100%, yeah. Okay. What about yeah. Phil? Yeah. Mm, I recently cut it from one deck, but I still play it in about 50% of decks. Non-green decks, pretty much. It ramps, and it draws a card. This, the floor is just I mean, this, so this kind of solid. ramps too, right? But it's more conditional, right? Solemn ramps, like for sure. This ramp. one is like, you got to connect, and then you can yeah, probably double ramp it. with it, right? But you got to connect... No, probably. I, mean, this, I, I think the ceiling on this is it. so much higher. Come the on, is it, it is right. Yeah, it is. It, is. it, it definitely is. is. But is it consistent enough that you know which one would you choose? If you had one slot as the last slot you deck, and you're not like a Panharmonicon, so if, if obviously you're a Panharmonicon deck, this makes two tokens. It's way better, right? right? But just a generic non-Panharmonicon deck. Do you play Schema Thief or do you play Solemn or do you play neither? You're like four mana, <laughs> like ramp too slow, right? <laughs> Most question. of my decks would be neither, but then I think it would be Solemn and then this. Although I will say, like, 2023 Magic is about snowballing into wins. Like, that's that's what the modern era of Magic is about, and Solemn can't do that, and this can. Like, this can. So- Solemn gets you more mana so you can snowball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wish they would start uh, putting just co- non-comment, like, just say, if this deals damage so you can cheat it with pinging effects or something. Combat yeah. damage is just like, I stop reading after this. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I mean, it's a flyer, right? It's like, it's not, it is not that hard. But there, there, there is a world where, like, the person with all the artifacts is also playing, like, spirits or something. And you're like, I cannot hit them, right? But usually, I think you'll, but, you'll be able to hit, right? The, yeah, the like, more concern is, like, you just get wrapped and, like, nothing happens. You know, like, it, it sure. gets removed or something, right? But I think but, you can usually hit with this. It's like Dowsing Dagger, right? Like, most of the time, you can probably get a hit in. If this forces a wrath, I think that's pretty good, right? Like, like you just drew a wrath out, and it's like, Oh, fine, but Solemn right? would ramp a land and draw you a card on that <laughs> wrath? That's infinitely <laughs> better, awesome, right? But <laughs> this, this though, can just copy your opponent's Solemns, right? So this yeah, is, technically yeah. is Solemn <laughs> and also itself, yeah. It's just better. <laughs> that is true. Mm. That would be the... You had Panharmonicon, you attack someone, mm. you copy mm. their Solemn. Mm. Oh. Mm. You can copy their Panharmonicon first and then get the Solemn. <laughs> just play that. You just need like just four uncontested better. attacks that you will pop <laughs> yeah. off. Guaranteed. I mean, it does. It flies. It does fly. So it does have some evasion. But yeah. <laughs> but th- thieving skydiver is the better version of this, right? Because oh, yeah. it, it comes down well, and grabs okay, immediately. Okay. It gets the value immediately, but this one, I can keep doing it if I keep connecting, right? So yeah. like this, this does force an answer out of the opponents. It also doesn't steal, so it makes people less likely to. 
interact yeah. with it, right? Like if someone casts Thieving Skydiver, I have the mana rock. I'm like, I'm going to counterspell this because I want my mana rock. Whereas you're like, okay, I don't know. You can resolve this and copy my mana rock. Like I'm not going to bother using my interaction. So yeah, I guess there's some trade-offs here. All right. Uh, Seth, hit us with our last card. All right, so Richard, you said Diluvian Primordial is the the number one blue wrath in Commander, but do I have a wrath for you? Have I ever told you about Fade Away? Fade Away? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kidding. Okay, all right, Tomer's hold on. Tomer's not, Tomer's, not Tomer's, not here. <laughs> Tomer's not. I just had to do that for Tomer. Tomer you made me promise. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> seriously though, my last card is a is a pretty recent card. In Blue Sun's Twilight, came out in Phyrexia All Will Be One, Blue Sun's Twilight, double blue and X sorcery, gain control of target creature with mana value X or less, but if X is five or more, you also create a token that's a copy of that creature. So this is blue removal, expensive blue removal, because if you want to seal a five drop, you're going to need seven mana or whatever, but it has a ton of upside uh, in a couple of different ways. One is compared to like witness protection or enchantment based removal, you're just yoinking the creature. It's a sorcery. This isn't mind controlling, leaving an enchantment on the battlefield that could get destroyed and give the creature back to your opponent. The creature's just yours forever. More importantly, in the late game, you're getting two of those creatures, which is kind of ridiculous. Like uh, being able to double up on the best creature on the battlefield is a really, really powerful, potentially game swinging effect. Imagine hitting the Diluvian Primordial with this and getting two of those and just flashing back all the spells in the graveyard. So I feel like Blue Sun's Twilight is another one of those cards that you can just jam in pretty much any deck and get value out of it. You are going to need a decent amount of value. If there's one downside to Blue Sun's Twilight to really get full value out of it and get the best thing on the battlefield, it is expensive. But assuming you're a deck that is ramping and doing normal commander stuff, I feel like this is actually just one of the better blue removal spells in the format. I do play this in my Zevlar deck because I'm hoping mm. to copy twice, you know? Mm. It's mm. pretty sweet. Yeah, that sounds good. I do play this as well in Manuel's Kyogre because it says token, but in practice, I don't think I ever created a token and I just <laughs> stole commanders with it so far. Uh, I'd still highly suggest the card. I already liked Entrancing Melody. This one is, it kind of feels like Agent of Treachery, but without the body. Like, for seven mana, you just steal a commander, usually. Or copy something. Doesn't really matter. You can kill a commander with it and keep the copy if you want to, but usually you keep the original one. Yeah, permanent uh, commander removal, it, right? Without giving yeah, anyone a land or having an enchantment on the battlefield. Isn't this super scuffed? So in 2023, everything is legendary. So yeah, the, the, you, you're, you're usually not going to get a copy, but also like spending seven mana to get a five drop or something. Like, is this really <laughs> happening? Yes, like, it's, like it's would good. we not just play mind control? So I, I've been debating whether mind control is like a legit card in 2023. It's like four <laughs> mana enchantment, like steal a creature. But like if the enchantment falls off, you you lose the creature, right? Like. Is that not just way more mana efficient than trying to snipe a seven drop for nine mana? Like that's very different at sorcery speed. At that, like, I feel like is this the, the downside best card? of. I would say this is the best. Well, Agent of Treachery is the best sniping card, yes. but I, yes. behind Agent yes. of Treachery, because Agent of Treachery is very abusable because you can blink it and reanimate it, and like you can't do that as easily with a spell. But beyond Agent of Treachery. 
I think this might be number two for me. I really dislike the ones where you have to have an enchantment sit out on the battlefield because I feel like it's just it's such an easy target for your opponent to blow up with some cheap enchantment removal spell and get it back. So personally, I'm not like enthralled by control magic style effects. Maybe I'm underrating them and they're better than I think, but I feel like a lot of times someone's just going to have a uh, an aura shards or some enchantment removal spell to get rid of it and get their creature back. The Age of Chetri is currently like four bucks. Yeah. And then it's seven Only? mana. So if you're getting a five drop or more, it's like more efficient. It also comes with a five seven body. And it also has the upside that if you've done this enough times, you get to like ancestral <laughs> vision each turn. Oh, yeah. And you I can blink to... and reanimate and do all these shenanigans with it. Mm. I mean, Agent of Treachery is better. It is better. But I don't yes, think this is bad. I think this is still like very playable. For so a yes. not filled, super respectable. Sometimes I play played in right? theory. I I uh, have found like I play it in a lot of my paper decks, the paper decks that I do have, and it kind of makes people salty. So I actually kind of started feeling a little bit bad about Agent of Treachery. Like when I win with it or play it in a like a, a command fest or something, people's faces kind of drop and they kind of give you that like sideways <laughs> glance. So I've actually started to take it out of decks, not because it's bad, but because it like kind of ruins the mood at the table sometimes. Have you noticed that, Phil? You probably play more agents than oh, me. Yeah. Have you ever run into <laughs> that like that problem? I triple copied uh, Blatant Thievery recently, and yeah, people are not happy about it, obviously, but that's kind of the name of the game there. Yeah. The like, good thing about I mean, Are they not is, happy because of power level, or because you snipe their commander and they're upset? Yeah, like, the does witness protection the bring thing. the same salt? Like, you, you snipe no. their commander, and they're like, dude, no. what the heck, I came here to play Witness commander. protection is funny. But the, people the don't problem look, with like, to their own cards. Yeah. Well, the good uh, part so about Blue Sun's Twilight. Yeah, yeah, a steal. If you play steal a three mana commander with it, you absolutely wreck somebody for five mana. Like if you steal my, I don't know, Lonis, you paid four mana, and my entire gameplay goes down <laughs> the drain. You can't do too much with the Lonis, probably. This one actually might do something for you, but maybe just view it as a removal spell. Other upside is you can copy your own stuff with it. You can target your own thing and copy it for seven mana. Really yep. just scraping the bottom of the floor there, but you can do it. If you have a Avenger of Sandy Kill or something, sure. It's very flexible. I'm I played this card almost for the meme because it said counter uh, like token, so I can play it in the token deck. I have I don't know if I ever kept the token so far. It's always legendary creatures and usually below five CMC. <laughs> but uh pretty brutal cards. Very salt inducing, I can say that. I don't know why people get salty about it. I, I've I had so many it. things. It's fun, though. Because <laughs> it's, it's their card. They're like, ah, oh, yeah. you know, I can't wait to play uh, with this in my deck. And they put it in their deck. And then Phil comes uh, along and snipes it. Yeah. I mean, I complain, but they should be happy, right? Look, he's but, popping off with the card. Yes. The card is good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the card's great. I wanted it. That's how I look at it. Like Stealing a commander is kind of like stacks. Like, I complain about stacks because, oh, you can't execute your game plan and you came here don't, to play don't, your game don't plan. Put that out into the ether. Commander, don't put that into the ether. Don't put that into the ether. Hey, my morals are questionable, so just, I mean, I at think, least I, I think admit it. That's true, right? Like, is that any different than Dranith Magistrate or something? Like, you just like someone's commander? Honestly, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it does more true. than snipe commanders, right? So I think it's easier yeah. to justify because it's not like Dranith Magistrate 
really all it does is wreck commanders. Yeah. This this you can it play for value. And then I like accidentally oh, yeah, yeah. oh you got your adventure. Yeah, I'm toes in the adventure oh deck. Yeah, well done. Yeah. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> this one this one's if it if it can make a non legendary copy, I think its value would go like Wait, um, but I find that anything that makes copy of anything in 2023 is like super scuffed. You're like, well, that's legendary. That so like, yeah, nothing happens. <laughs> then you just play Reflections of Lajar or whatever that enchantment was, and yep. someone did on Commander Clash and learned the <laughs> the legendary <laughs> problem. So yeah, that is a real yeah. concern these days. Yeah, <laughs> I All still right. like it. I'm actually curious. I, I actually want to. I've, I've been thinking about mind control and whether that's a legit card or not, and I don't know like how many times. It will like get removed, like you know, you like they instant speed remove it, and you are super sad. Versus like paying more mana to get like the permanent effect, but it's so much mana. You want a five drop? It's seven mana. Ooh. That's you know, that's a lot. You know, what I forgot about seven. too <clears throat> is just mass manipulation. Mass manipulation. Yeah. four blue and that double X. Is it that and, way uh, better? Yeah. And it gains control of X permanent. So six mana. Why you wouldn't one, you want you redundancy? Two. Uh, that's actually 82 cents as well. So honestly, if I had thought of that being in the budget range, I might have went with mass manipulation instead. I like that. Even one. though I still like Blue Sun's Twilight, but but yeah, that's, that might be even better. More like a torment of hailfire, though, from my experience, it's like oh, you cast it for twenty, and then we all scoop. <laughs> Steal everything. I don't know. It yep. feels like yeah, that's way better. Right? Blue you cast Blue Sun's Twilight oh, for twenty, like nothing really happens, right? <laughs> No, but you if you cast it for seven, they kind of do the same thing, right? Yeah. I, I'd I say Blue Sun's Twilight's more like a mid-game card, and you just it's gravy if you cast it for X equals five, but steal a low-cost commander and wreck somebody's day. It's, it's very good <laughs> at the end. It's pretty funny, to be honest. Yeah. We're Unless all about permanently wrecking people's commanders. Yeah. Here, apparently. That, that's the name of this. Come to the Commander Clash podcast and learn how to wreck <laughs> people's day. <laughs> or steal it. Just, uh, just imagine the salt from mass. If you ever salty, that one thing got stolen. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, imagine I, I, your entire board getting stolen. Just scoop them. <laughs> I still hate that card from Standard God. Yeah, that is a salty card. <laughs> that is a good card. <laughs> that is a good card. All right. That wraps up uh, our 12 cards. Underrated blue cards under $1. Let us know in the comments if you have any secret tech cards, any staples under a dollar that you would play. I'm really interested in the ones you, you would play without budget. Uh, like, you know, like they're just cheap and you can play them. Maybe they were printed a long time ago and reprinted a lot. Maybe they're a brand new card. Maybe it's some lowly common that no one has figured out. Or maybe it's like a combo piece that people don't know what the combo is, right? Uh, So let us know in the comments uh, what your underrated blue cards are. And uh, hopefully by the time this podcast goes up, everything's still under a dollar. But, you know, these cards are so hot. uh, (laughs) They they may have popped up in the meantime, right? Logan revealed. (laughs) Lorian revealed so good. I can't believe you guys are not with me on this. Oh, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with Seth, you. This has to be an S. I, I, by, by the end of by the end of like this year, Seth is going to be like this is S plus. This is no, crap. I probably will be. I'm a, Once I'm the one now, ring is banned, but... this is undisputed one top one card in Lord of the Rings. I mean, Bowmasters beats this. Bowmasters Bowmasters just does damage. Like, yeah. (laughs) Right? Like, yeah. Yeah. 
This that, draws cards. Yeah. This, this gets back your game plan, right? This furthers your game plan. So I think this is actually above Bowmasters. Like, no, oh, no trolling. I, I, I can't tell if you're trolling with oh, that. Okay. <laughs> no trolling. No trolling. I believe this is the number two card in the set after the one ring. No trolling. Wild. Wild. Okay. We're going to collect the stats. Okay. We'll see how many okay. times we see Bowmasters popping off versus Lorian revealed. <laughs> Pop it off and draw three. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Pop it off now. <laughs> the mystical sanctuary into into yeah. I don't know Blue Sun's Twilight. <laughs> right? you, can do, you can do whatever you want with this card. You could draw three cards from this list with Lorian revealed. Three cards from this list. Imagine that. All right. Let us know in the comments if you think Richard's trolling or not. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you back next week. The answer week. is yes. You have to be. No. No. I'm, I'm trolling as much as I'm trolling about Swords to Plowshares. You figure it out. <laughs> I, I, oh, that's, that's, I assume that was trolling. All right. See you, everyone. See you next week. <laughs>